Welcome to Running is Bullshit, I'm Amy. And I'm Stuart, and you're listening to the podcast that loves to hate running. This is episode 116, we've got a long run report for you, we've got a long race email report for you, and we've got boob news, so stay tuned for that. Yay! Amy, I made a mistake um, the other week. I decided it would be a really good idea for the first time in like a few years to do front squats before a run. Because I thought, that's the thing that people do, isn't it? You do some squats, do some weights, and then you go for a run. It took me four days to get over it. I'm, I'm not surprised. Like, squats before yeah. a run. And also, like, front squats, which is just, like, all quads. Yeah. yeah. And when you live around where I do with all hills, that's that's a bad time. Yeah, that sounds horrendous. I do prefer front squats just because they're easier, basically. That's the only reason. And I think I heard someone say, like, six years ago, front squats are good for runners. And that's just stayed in my head, and that's the only thing... I pay attention to but yeah it turns out that's something if you do I think you should do it regularly and not just as a one-off like shit weight as well but Mm. it was that was I did it on the Wednesday took me till Sunday to get over it I've never done a front squat before I don't think (laughs) I know they're much easier than back squats they're much less technical I think because there's quite a lot to think about in a back squat isn't there yeah you have to be careful you don't completely fuck up your back like I did (laughs) front squat is just kind of natural so now we're just talking about squats I feel like it's relevant, though, because I feel like a front squat, that is training you to do a shit in the woods. Ah, that's a good point. That's why they're good for runners. Yeah. I see now. Yeah. That makes so much sense. Uh, Let's catch up on the last episode. Larry Warren says, much respect, Amy. There's no way I could run that far while holding on to a shit. Amazing effort. (laughs) Yep. Yep. It was was a whole different ballgame. And the thing is, you can't really, unless you're talking to other runners... You can't really discuss this type of thing, you know, <laughs> you know, with with your colleagues at work, and they say, "Oh, how did that race go?" I can't really, really turn and you around. Went, well, uh, well, yeah, it, it was fine. I said it was, yeah. you know, it was all right. I really struggled. Had to had to drop out at like forty, you know, thirty nine miles, and it was difficult. I can't go. Yeah, I had to drop out because I literally couldn't keep anything in me, and I needed shit the whole time. My stomach was cramping. Thought I was gonna actually shit myself had three wild wheeze which i thought would alleviate the pain but it didn't so i was just desperate to get to this one toilet that i knew was on the course did a massive shit in this toilet came out ran a mile down the road needing another shit you can't say that see that's 20 minutes of good running conversation exactly with a, with a person who knows the score but exactly. work it's not worth it is it no you can't start talking about your bowel movements at work usually you know when you've yeah. done like big runs over the weekend and stuff, you go on a Monday and people are, oh, how was your weekend? Do you actually go into your, or do you, like for me, I'm just like, oh, nah, nothing. Yeah. I just don't even, I don't get into it anymore. And if they kind of follow up, I'm like, it's just running. I know you don't really want to know about it, so I'm yeah. not going to go on about it. I hate it coming up as well, because if I, if I get backed into a corner where I feel like I sort of have to talk about it, like when I was doing the slam, and it just sort of came up in conversation. And I had to say, yeah, I'm, I'm doing some ultra marathons. Then I was like, oh my God, an ultra marathon. And everyone, you know, is like, oh, wow. And then I feel like I'm doing such a humble brag. I'm like, yeah, yeah. Like, oh, how far is it? I'm like, well, some of them are 30 miles, like 40 miles, 40 miles. I'm like, and I'm like, yeah, I don't really run though. I walk a lot of it. Wow, that's amazing. I, mean, I hate it. I hate it. I feel like yeah. I'm being really braggy, even though they're sort of asking about it. 
Well, also, it's because they're normals and they think, like, you're winning. They yeah. think, like, because <laughs> oh, because you're doing 30 miles, you must be incredibly good at running. And you're like, yeah. I'm not. I'm just kind of a bit stubborn and I can walk for ages. Yeah. And it sounds even more braggy because if you say to another runner, you go, actually, ultras, I find them a bit easier than marathons because there's a lot of walking. Like, a runner would get that. Whereas if you say, well, actually, I find ultras a lot easier than just running a marathon. Like, that to other people sounds like you are really bragging. <laughs> blows their little tiny normal mind. Bless them. It does. It does. Helen Patricia said, We did a race in Washington, D.C., which started and finished in the U.S. Congressional Cemetery. It was very respectful and properly organized by the police there. Yeah, wow. I mean, like, as we we were talking about before, running in cemeteries can be a bit dodgy sometimes. It might feel a bit odd, but like a a congressional cemetery where it's like an official, like, national monument almost, that's a whole different thing. But I guess if it's organized, by the police it would still be a little odd because there'd still be like people finishing and you'd still be like cheering and making a lot of noise and it would that would still be a little bit of a juxtaposition wouldn't it yeah i wonder whether people wouldn't be cheering as much i feel like that's another thing when we were talking about like runs and stuff and and where it's okay to run i feel like if you are running in a cemetery making a load of noise probably isn't appropriate you know i don't yeah. know just yeah perhaps the start finish was outside of it mm. that would kind of make sense because then you because you've got all the stuff and all the race stuff and the big you know inflatable arch and all that shit yeah. it just seems weird to have in a cemetery yeah ivy hewitt says running through a churchyard on a race and finding myself in the middle of a wedding ceremony <laughs> Decided I should probably turn back and go around. Not sure if I feature in any of their wedding photos. Also feels weird running through someone's garden, which we have a few around here. I mean, we've got gardens around here either, but I don't run through them. No, no, no. I, I mean, I, I kind of get it because on actually on the Pigum, there was a bit where it was the wrong way anyway, one of the many wrong turns. But there was a public footpath that went through someone's garden and this looked came out and said oh it's not this she was very very lovely she's like oh you've got there's been a few people coming up here you've got to go like down the back down the road and she gave, she gave us the directions but technically she had a footpath going through her garden so wow. yeah <laughs> that's really annoying isn't it i'd have to if i lived in one of those properties with a public right away which i know they exist through the garden i'd have to build a little fence so I, I couldn't just have and the thing is as well to get into the garden because i was just about to do it when she came out which is probably where she came out you had to like climb over this fence and it was definitely a public right away. It yeah. was definitely a sign. So if you could see other people had done the same thing. I was like, why am I climbing into this poor lady's garden? Like, it's so bizarre. I think it was your house. I think you'd be putting like trip wires and pins. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Various traps. Like, sort of, uh, yeah, Home Alone style. Gabby Naya says, places where maybe you should not run, but A, there is a public footpath across, and B, oh, it feels so good, golf courses. Yes. Don't. As long as you keep alert so you don't get whacked in the head by a low-flying golf ball. Okay, so, and I've told this story before, and every now and again I think about it because it was a near-death experience, I'm pretty sure, but when we did that uh, pilgrimage route, Mm -hmm. what's it called again? What's the actual route? Henry's. When we did the Penrose pilgrimage and we went across that golf course with all those middle-aged men in their pink polos, that that golf ball that went flying through the sky and landed, it must have been less than a metre from my foot. Like, Every time you tell been, the story, the ball gets closer. It was so, it was so close. I think I, I can see it vividly in my mind because it was so close. And I was getting so pissed off on that golf course because I was like, just, just wait. You have a public footpath running through. Just fucking wait five minutes for us to come through. Like, what are you doing? I was oh, so no golf running across golf courses. Even though there's a public footpath, not my favourite thing. After that, 
I'm pretty sure if you tell the story in a few years' time, you'll be like, I got hit by a golf ball. <laughs> I got, it went straight through my chest. Oh, my God. It was so close. It, proper, it was very close, to be fair. It proper shit me up because it was very, very, very close. Like, that could have killed me. There's a golf course near me, and I do quite like running and walking the dog through there. It just feels, I just, you know, because they clearly hate it, but yeah. it's, it feels good. Yeah, exactly. At Yellow Mag says, places you shouldn't run where a shoot is happening. At Wooler Marathon last November, the briefing guy said, there's a shoot happening. Whatever you think about it, be polite because we need landowner goodwill. Next day was the half. The briefing said, don't be like the person yesterday who shouted murdering bastards. (laughs) Now, whatever you think of a shoot, again, like the guy says, you need landowner goodwill. You're running across their land. Don't piss them off. Also, don't piss off people with guns. I was going to say, yeah, I mean, it is tempting to shout at them, but <laughs> I, I wouldn't tempt it because you could have accidentally been hit <laughs> by a stray bullet. <laughs> well, even if it just jeopardises the race, there's no need to be a dick to that extent. I mean, there was a park run uh, in South Wales that got cancelled partially because the local shoe used that lane. I think they had fields either side. They used the lane that we were running up and down, and I'm not sure if it, either they didn't kind of run it by them properly or perhaps they didn't realize to what extent you know they couldn't use their lane for 45 minutes a weekend but uh that was partially the reason why that one got cancelled after 10 weeks mm-hmm. don't mess with the shoot on to a tea update so we've partnered with bird and brand tea which means we'll tell you about the tea that we're drinking and if you like the sound of that you can go to runningisbs.com forward slash tea click on the links and buy some tea if you would like if you're into that sort of thing Stuart, what are you drinking i haven't got any particular new tea this week but we will have some new tea soon because on the bird and blend website there are the advent calendars the christmas advent calendar and then i think it's brand new halloween advent calendar we have got those on the way because that's going to be some spicy stuff. That's going to be some chais. That's going to be the good smoky stuff. And we're well into that. So, mm. uh, yeah, have a look at our website. Get through to those Advent tea calendars. Part of me is like, Advent for Halloween? What? But then the other part oh, of me is Oh, like, yeah, absolute bollocks. But we yeah. always say this about Halloween stuff. But we love the Halloween teas. Yes, yes. Any winter, autumn winter teas are good. Like, I drink that shit all year round. Like, I'm drinking mint pistachio today, oh. which I think is like a Christmas. It's not It's not a, a Christmas tea that only comes out on Christmas, but it is quite a Christmassy I think that sounds, that sounds a bit ice creamy to me. Mmm, mint pistachio is very good. It's black tea with uh, mint and then flavouring. So I think that's how they make the pistachio-y type taste. But yeah, it's very good. So, yeah. <laughs> Get on that. Lovely. Get on it. What have you been up to? Not much. Um, similar to your sort of front squat story. Went to the gym, obviously. You know, first time back in the gym in a few weeks. Did some squats, did some deadlifts. Uh, felt it for like a week afterwards and couldn't walk properly. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, did the gym. I, I, I fall into this sort of routine with the gym, habit with the gym, where I know I should go because it's really good cross training. If I do not go, I will get injured. That is the thing. Yeah. If I don't go to the gym for a certain amount of time, suddenly my knee starts hurting, my hip starts hurting. I'm like, shit, this is this is what happens, isn't it? Then I do go to the gym and I get punished for that as well with uh, with various aches and pains. Yeah, I went to the gym. Other than that, haven't really been doing anything. I've been in like a proper slump since the, I'm not going to say my little like DDF, whatever I said last time. I'm not even going to say it. But since my DNF at the Edom, I've been in like a proper slump and I've been 
fucking exhausted mentally and physically. Like I always have this thing after ultras. I don't know whether anyone else gets this after like a really long race. And I guess it's kind of the damage and the fatigue you've done to your body. Mm. But I get, um, obviously there's the physical being tired, which I haven't had so much this time around, I think because I did quite a bit of training. So I haven't been as much physically tired, but just the mental exhaustion and just like really low mood. And at the beginning of the slam, it was like for a few days. And then the low mood got like for longer, longer, longer. Until this point, like I am only just starting to feel like, okay. I was like so mentally just exhausted and kind of like a bit depressed, not too depressed, not like anything like too terrible, but just like really down. Um, and maybe it's part of the DNF, maybe, but I think a big part of it is just exhaustion. Like, actually, I saw a post online, um, somebody posted on a running forum, like, oh, does anyone else get really low mood after they've done ultras? And loads of people were saying, yeah, me too, me, me too. So I think it is like a physical, not a physical, sorry, like a psychological exhaustion thing as well. So, so yeah, I haven't really been going out for a run mm. much. I think because I've got one more ultra left this year. Well, not, not technically, you know, I love the slam um so i think i'm i'm just resting i'm just resting and uh, i think that's gonna be my best bet for like starting let alone finishing because i'm just like i'm tired I'm fucking tired man <laughs> yeah i guess it, it is linked to the physical thing as well because like mm-hmm. even marathons and ultras they do they can really like fuck your kidneys that's a mm-hmm. real big thing that i've read before because i got a friend who's like had kidney problems her whole life and like she then she realized oh running marathons is really bad for that as well so that big that and also like you emptied yourself completely after that and that could like and but the idea but like gut health is like a huge thing because that can that can affect your brain it can affect it affects your whole body because you're not absorbing food and all that stuff as well so that that can really affect you yeah definitely I'm, I'm just using this time sort of like think i'm thinking ahead thinking next well thinking this year i'm gonna definitely start like building up my base earlier because i went from like running really infrequently so doing a load of training in January um, through to April, like really consistent training, which was really good and got me through like the first four. But then it's like, OK, we're done now. I think that was good training to do like one or two ultras. That was perfect. Mm. I think I just need to whatever I've done so far, I need to like keep it rolling over to next year. And I hopefully should sort of um, mitigate some of this stuff that I'm, that I'm feeling now. I don't even I don't even want to start the rhythm on Saturday I do not and I haven't felt like this about any of the other ultras I don't even want to start but because so many people said I wouldn't start all of them I need to prove them wrong and at least start all of them even if I don't finish it I'm gonna start it even if I just run a mile five minutes like, just down the yeah. hill at the start yeah. and then be like nah it's fine yeah I'm done I'm done but I, I've got to get there I've got to line up I really don't want to but I'm just gonna it's not far from home I've just gotta I've got to get there so yeah that's been like my m- mental state so I've not really been been running much but i have been teaching yeah, that was my very amateur advice was like get on the yakult and the kimchi and the fermented shit all that kind of stuff yeah yeah get not the night before the race got help yeah oh no yeah don't be doing that and the other thing the night before the race i'm not gonna have two mcdonald's and uh chips for yeah, yeah don't do that <laughs> yeah again you like you did all that work you went all year doing all that work, and then the day before you ate absolute shit i don't know yeah I, I like self-sabotage. The thing is, though, like, to be perfectly honest, even if I hadn't self-sabotaged, I don't think I would have finished. I think, you know, I, I don't know, but I think I would have been having issues anyway. I think my body was just like, you know what? I'm fucking done. Like, as soon as I got over that 30-mile mark, it's like, 
we're done. We're done. You've yeah, you When you had like culture. all that fat in you that you like from the day before, <laughs> that you, you know, if you'd have been like a normal person eating good food yeah. maybe. the days before, but it, maybe it would have helped a bit. <laughs> it's a learning process. I don't want to do this. Like just self-sabotage as is the rest of my life. Just, yeah. just self-sabotage. Just fuck everything up in the last minute. That's it. Anyway. <laughs> anyway, what have you been up to? Well, my week has pretty much just been prepping. I don't, haven't really done much in the last two weeks. I have enjoyed doing the admin, though. That's been quite good fun. Like making a good list of my race bag and my drop bag. Um, looking at maps a shitload. Oh, yeah, I've been, yeah, had some good lists. Mm-hmm. You know, going through the maps and times, like someone did a really useful like analysis, basically, of everyone that finished this race and the average time they got to each checkpoint. So that's based on, you know, so, yeah, there's you, you can look at, you know, this kind of pace. But here's what actual people did and how much and how quickly they got to each checkpoint. So obviously they got to the first one relatively quick and then it slows down through the thing. So kind of having a plan that takes into account that slowdown is really useful. So I just, we kind of just went for like this 10 hour plan and that's what I base things around. Just cause I, I kind of pulled out of the air really. Cause I thought, well, if it's a 12 hour car off 10 hours, that sounds about right. Cause I'm, I'm not awful. Um, so I kind of had that in mind and well, you know, obviously I get into that, that went to shit immediately but it was nice to have a plan and then abandon it i for some reason i think that's better than just not having a plan i don't know why that's a weird thing so the race i did was the green man challenge it was 76k about a thousand meters of elevation which actually isn't that much i think it's just because of the distance there's going to be a fair bit of elevation but actually you know i don't for 76k i don't think it's really that bad and especially when it's all the way around bristol and bristol is quite notorious hills uh, it's on the community forest path mostly there's like there's a path marked all the way around uh bristol and just sometimes it deviated off it and just went a slightly different way and then came back onto it not quite sure why and but i do think we didn't keep track of it but on the route because there are so many signposts there are so many marked routes around bristol we must have been on 15 different like marked paths mm. just called all different kind of strange things there was like a there was a bat trail there was a stepping through time trail there was there must have been at least 15 you know village circular walks things like that there's so many marked trails that, like some of the signposts would have like signs for five different trails it's yeah it's someone around there is doing a good job of marking out all them trails uh, the route itself was incredibly mixed. There was like roads and parks, trails, golf courses, farms, fields, a garden. We did go through a garden as well, I'm pretty sure. Motorway bridges. And then like but f- like from a, a massive motorway bridge, really busy motorway, just straight into really thick woods where you can't, couldn't hear anything. It was, just, it was just absolutely everything. It was a real, real mixed course. And it was a lot more trail than I expected because I kind of looked at it. Again, I thought going all the way around Bristol, it's going to be like streets and things like that. But it wasn't actually that much at all. So I'm putting it down as a trail race. And I really had to remind myself that despite this being much further than I've ever run before, this was my practice race. And I kind of only remember that really like probably a week before. Just think to myself, oh, this is the practice race. It's really big, but... The most important thing for this was I had to eat enough because I always feel like absolute trash in the last five, six miles of an ultra. I think all of them have been the same pretty much. Mm. And so this one was I had to really concentrate on have I got enough food? So I had like high five energy powder, which I had five bottles of that and I handled that really well. So that was, I was really pleased with that again because that's a big risk. You know, you you sit on your ass all day, eat three square meals and loads of snacks and then you go for a run. You just absolutely hammer like, liquid carbs mm. and for some people like you it just goes straight through <laughs> so 
I was really pleased with that. Um, for as much as I went on about flapjacks, I had three in my bag. I ate one and a half. Really hard to eat, as it turns out. I think the flapjacks I had were a little cheap, a little dry. Mm. So that didn't help. Um, so I had one and a half of those. Um, I had like a, a whole, I made like a whole cheese and ham roll that I ate very, very slowly. And I ate quite a bit of the aid stations as well. Also, peanut butter sandwiches, really, really hard to eat. Mm. Really claggy, hard work. I had to like have a mouthful and take like three sips of water just to be able to swallow it. Mm. But that was the most important thing to me was planning out how much I needed and making sure I had it because by the end of it, I was still kind of okay, actually, mostly. Also in this race, I nagged Nina to sign up for this for months and months. I've run with her before. I've run, have I run ultra with her before? I don't think so, but we've done, we've done some long runs together and she's fantastic for running. I can definitely recommend her uh, for running an ultra with because she can chat for ages but she also knows when to shut up mm-hmm. which is great mm. she's not just someone that's just chats incessantly about absolute bollocks <laughs> you i can actually just i can talk i can you know we, we happily spent uh the entire day together and it was no problem at all and so yeah and occasionally she'd run off a little bit ahead and then we catch up again and it was absolutely fine she's very very chill and i was nagging her for ages like she did a 100k in Finland recently she had to DNF after 55k unfortunately but you know for good reasons but like as soon as she would after that like a week later I'm like so have you have you signed up for Green Man yet because I know you said you were going to but I don't think you but can you just can you definitely sign up yeah I just wanted to make sure because I didn't basically I just didn't want to do this on my own mm. that's the main reason and I thought right who's the kind of person at relatively short notice can just knock out this oh yep she's the one um we got to the first checkpoint and um, fizzy cola. Uh, I don't think perhaps the checkpoint marshals had, were, were runners maybe because the all the cola that they had, which I thought, oh, that would be a good idea. I could just down some of that really quick calories. It's all in bottles and all the, all the lids are on. And like, what? that's that's hard work. Well, like like separate bottles of cola rather than like a big one. No, they were like, yeah, they were like big two liter bottles. Right. So I was like pouring it out, but it was, it wasn't flat. Like I've seen okay. people before, they, they leave, they like pour it out in a big jug the night before and let it yeah, go flat. Yeah, yeah. No, this is all fizzy. God. So that was the like the next half an hour or so. It was just kind of trying to get over that. Yeah. That was hard work. And we had a big thing with Nina's watch as well, because it was being very useful. It was trying its best to be useful. Mm-hmm. I think it's a Garmin. And basically, every time we got close to a turn, it would go, beep, 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 beep. And at first, we were like, just fuck off, all right? Just calm down. We know there's a turn. Chill out. Mm-hmm. Uh, eventually, then, we went wrong. And we didn't notice it was telling us that we were off course, because we were ignoring it a bit. So we had to turn back. We didn't go too far, a couple of hundred meters, maybe. We had to turn back and take the right and after that we did a we did a very long drawn out apology to the watch um highlighting our own downfalls and how we how we uh, undervalued it and we really appreciated its diligence Mm -hmm. um so we talked to it and then every other time it beeped after that like the next hundred times thank you watch thank you very much watch we appreciate that you've done you're doing a really great job so we talked to the watch for the whole rest of the thing because these are the kind of things that you do in ultras because you need to get through somehow uh, after CP2, so the four checkpoints, after the second, Nina had a wobble. I think most people have a wobble in, a, in an ultra. And this was her. She just felt really sick for some reason. Mm-hmm. Um, she was trying to eat things, just kind of couldn't really. Uh, but then a little while later, IT band started really hurting. And that distracted her from feeling sick. Yeah. And then that was her kind of okay. She was like, oh, IT band. Yeah, I know that hurts. I know it's going to hurt when I run down hills. But, you know, never mind. Yep. So it was just like, yeah, just just pain. I can deal with a bit of pain. I think pain is better than nausea, isn't it? Oh, yeah, 100%, yeah. Yeah, nausea is tougher to deal with because that could be really bad. Like, pain, you're like, yeah, I, I'm kind of used to that. I yeah. kind of know what to do about it. I know there's something I can do about it afterwards as well, so it should be fine. 
Uh, so basically she couldn't really run down hills, which is a bit of a shame because that's where we needed to do running. CP3, I changed my shoes and socks because previously this I was wearing, even though it was relatively dry, I was wearing waterproof socks and trail shoes and I changed my shoes and socks just put something dry on and that was really really great I really enjoyed that but I took the waterproof socks off because I didn't think I need them anymore because my feet were sweaty and then we had wet grass for miles oh, and miles and that's when it started raining as well we got a couple of showers then as well so yeah, wet feet I cannot stand wet feet hate having wet feet uh, then at checkpoint four uh, we had one of those overly positive marshals. Now, I really appreciate people. Obviously, I really appreciate people that come and marshal and kind of do stuff at races. It's really good. But I think, well, I'm sure we've talked about this before. Sometimes when you're in a, an aid station, you just want to complain. Like, I'm going to finish. I know I'm going to finish it. I know it, like the rest of it is going to be fine. But I just want to complain about it now. Can you just, every time I'm like, oh, fuck it, this is really shit. And they're like, you just need to think about your motivation. Oh, no, like, yeah. no. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I know. I I know. I do, but I'm having a like my feet are soaking wet and they really hurt. But you know, it'll all be worth it in the end. Yeah, I, I know it'll be worth it in the end. Just let me complain. Stop trying to encourage me. So that was that was a bit frustrating. He was lovely, but it wasn't what I was in the mood for at that point. And that was in the uh, the wonderfully named village of Norton Mal Reward, oh. which I need to look up. There was because it's Somerset. There are some amazing. Uh, place names like Chew Magna was another one that was a really exciting one there's really weird names around there um, there was also this guy that a couple of times actually two or three times we kind of in some of the fields and things as the paths kind of diverge different ways in paths in the fields we were going the wrong way and we would just hear this whistle behind us and we look around and he's like that way that way okay great and just occasionally he'd catch us up basically when we started walking he would catch us up and then as soon as we started running we'd run away from him then when we went wrong, he would just appear. And so we weren't quite sure if he was real or not. He thought he's just a man that appears when he's needed. The green man. Perhaps, perhaps he is the green man. Yeah, but no, he wasn't. He was just a guy that was running. But he was like just running like perfectly at like three miles an hour. Because we were stopping. We were stopping, starting, looking at watches and phones and walking and running. But he was just like, just perfectly on pace the whole way. And just when we started walking, he caught us up and then would run away from him again. And yeah, at checkpoint three and four, he said he was done. He said he was absolutely fucked. He can't do anything anymore. His legs are gone. Um, but again, he was still there. Um, we got <laughs> checkpoint four. He was he was like determined that he was. There's no way he was going to get past checkpoint four. And we were saying to him, "Mate, we've got this far. We're pretty confident. Actually, we're very confident we're going to get to the end. We're very pleased with how we've done. And you're ten minutes behind us. Yeah. You are not doing badly at all." Because he thought he was failing. Mm. And we spoke to him at the end and he's done it before, but he did it in nine hours 40. Oh my God. And so he thought he was, you know, I guess he was thinking, oh, I can do this again. But for whatever reason, not his day. Mm. So yeah, that was, and then like, even after that checkpoint, he overtook us a few times because we were walking up the hills. He was running up the hills. Oh my God. Just running the um, entire time. Like you didn't see him walk. Just, yeah. Like yeah, uphill, <laughs> downhill, flat, whatever it was. He would just run perfect. As I said like three miles an I hour. I don't think he was real. I don't think he's real. He's, he is the sure. green man. He is the green Could man. Have been. And if you'd have been, if you'd have missed the, if you'd have missed the cutoff, he would have got you. He would have oh, got <laughs> um, So after the last checkpoint at 60K, basically there was pretty much 5K of uphill um, on like, grass and roads and all kind of, it was just a long long so we, again we walked all of that this guy got ahead of us as soon as we could start running again we overtook him and left him behind and we didn't see him for ages and we were really worried about it because 
he was fucked. I mean, we, we kind of hoped he would finish, but he looked, he was running on fumes for a long time. And mm. um, we were like, okay, when we get to the end, we need to just mention, by the way, there's this guy behind us. We're not sure if he's going to finish or if he does, he's going to hit the deck when yeah. he does. Because he just, he was just a bit spaced out and we're a little bit worried. <laughs> not worried enough to stay with him, obviously. <laughs> obviously. <laughs> but, you know, worried enough to tell someone else. He's going back for the stragglers. He is the green man. He's going to eat them and he's... take their life force for in order for him to finish. Is that what the is that what the green man does? Yeah, he eats them. Okay. <laughs> um, unfortunately, we did hit some weather because we were quite high up at one point, like maybe five six miles out. We could see the finish line, the other side of the valley. We could see most of Bristol, and we could see Bristol was getting absolutely pissed on because mm. we knew there was going to be showers all day, and it was just going to be really unpredictable. And about five k out, it poured down, and we got just soaked to the skin. And there's nothing we could have done about it because at that point there was another hill and we just had to walk up it, this long stony lane and then through the woods. It's a really narrow path, but it was like that when, you know, because sometimes it must be like clay in the soil and it's just this really bright orange, mm. soily, muddy path. Couldn't run up it because I had road shoes as well. It was quite steep and you just had to go really slowly up this path, just getting absolutely pissed on. And then um, Nina's watch had gone, which had the map on. Um, so we couldn't use that anymore so I had to try and use my phone obviously every time I took my phone out it was soaking wet there's water pouring on it so it's not opening the thing properly I couldn't unlock it and you don't want to get lost at that point you do not want to get lost that close I kind of knew roughly the way to go it was just kind of a straight line but you know when there's crossing roads in and out of little paths again there's so many paths around there it's really easy to get lost Mm -hmm. Um, we were just get we were getting closer and closer to the car I said the 10 hour went out of the uh went out the window immediately we were getting close to the car you know we're getting to half past seven at night uh but we were still like just weirdly we weren't worried about it because i always thought that we were like oh it's only a mile away and i think it was it was obviously always much more than that but we also had that thing of like right we're looking at thing we think we're about three miles away and in our heads we're like three miles that's like half an hour but obviously at that point it's not half an hour that's three miles is about an hour probably but in our heads we're always like yeah it'll be fine i think yeah it's quarter past seven oh you know quarter past seven yeah half past seven yeah we're fine and we just, yeah, we, uh, in the end, we got in 13 minutes before the cutoff. And was it a strict cutoff? Did you notice they were like... Yeah, 12 hours. Yeah, there was a 12-hour pacer. And if you yeah. finished behind the 12-hour pacer, it was a DNF. Oh, God, that's strict. So, yeah. But, you know, I think that's that's fair enough. Yeah, Again, yeah. you know, volunteers can't be out there all day, especially at that point, it was pissing with rain. Mm-hmm. And someone asked me, like, oh, is that, like is that quite an aggressive cutoff? Because, you know, we finished quite close to it. We didn't expect that. And if someone's saying, is that quite aggressive? Like, the winner was 640. Yeah. And it's not, over that distance, it's not a massive amount of elevation, so... No, no, I think think it's a really runnable course if you're kind of good. Um, I think basically for us, it was just, we just weren't that quick. That's all it was. Like I said, we were still running pretty easily. I mean, even like right towards the end when we got back into Ashton Court on the tarmac... We could still run. We didn't want to, but we could still run at an okay pace. But I think it's just because in that last section, especially, we had to do so much walking. There was so much elevation in that last section. It just slowed us down. Just generally, our running pace just wasn't that quick. Mm. Um, so, yeah, I think 12 hours is very, very fair. Say the winner did in 640. So usually, you know, double the time. Yeah, it's probably about right. Mm. Um but yeah, as I said, we could run quite easily. And that that was the thing that surprised me for most of the day was at like six, seven, eight hours, we could still run for 10, 15 minutes at a time before we usually had to stop for something else. 
Um, but basically any kind of incline we stopped to walk. Mm. But I was really surprised to myself how much I could still run because I've never been able to do that at that point. It was my feet. They mm. were killing me because mm. I just, I cannot handle wet feet. I don't understand people who get soaking wet, like horribly saturated, wrinkly, white feet and they're just fine with it. They can just run on that. Mm. How is that possible? I don't understand it. No, I don't either. I hate it. Um, yeah, and my toes were, my, my toes are disgusting they are. still. You, the, you sent me that the, at 7am this morning. You sent me a picture of your feet. I literally just opened my eyes and become conscious. Yeah. My The blood blister I've got oh on my little God. toe, just behind the nail bed. A big old blood blister, which I've never had before. So that's exciting. The other toe, The other little toe is a bit blistered as well all my toenails were all mashed up but frankly yeah i this was yesterday my feet are still dirty because i mm. tried to have a shower last night i couldn't bend down no. i couldn't bend down to clean them i couldn't get in between the toes because it hurt too much so i'm like oh, the, the water at the bottom of the shower that cleans them enough doesn't it that's fine yeah. so they're still pretty gross i might have to do that later um so oh, and also i slept really horribly that's the other thing about uh, after an ultra, I always sleep slept really so badly. badly. Everyone's like, "Oh, you're gonna be, you know, I bet you're gonna really sleep tonight." And like, like, no, nope. <laughs> no, the aches. Also, I find I think I've mentioned before on the podcast, I have loads of nightmares after ultras because I think oh God. my body's because it's, it's, my, yeah. it's not the trauma. It's more because I'm aching. There's something about when I'm aching, I get nightmares. I guess it's something about not being able to settle properly yeah. and things like that. So I always get horrific nightmares when I run an ultra. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, it has got me that thinking, like especially like you know, just uh, straight afterwards and just that night's sleep and my toes are a mess they're going to take ages to heal properly honestly our our ultra's worth it (laughs) you know I know I said I know I said last year the end of last year I'm not going to do ultras this year but then like Meriden came up Mm. and I kind of got excited about that and I did this one as a practice for that but I think again this year I'm saying I don't think I'm going to do one next year and again unless something kind of big comes up that I'm excited about I don't think I'm not going to go looking for anything next year because I'm just not sure it's worth it. They're just not for me. Uh, I don't think. I, I think I'm because of trauma. I'm only happy when I'm like really suffering in life. So I think they're perfect mm-hmm. for me. And like ultras are everything because you suffer on the day, and then like at the moment you suffer for weeks afterwards as well. You fuck up your body. You fuck up your mental health, and then you're like, yeah, I, I want to. I, I this is the this is where I feel comfortable in life. So I want to do it again. Yeah, you see, I like myself, so I don't need to do that. I don't have any, like, crippling confidence issues. First so, mistake. Yeah, First okay. mistake. <laughs> that's why, again, like, when people ask at work about running ultras, you can't go into that with them. You just can't. You can't. <laughs> Let me just open this box into infinity and just avoid, like, just a screaming void of my emotions. Well, it all oh, sorry, no, sorry. Six years old. <laughs> sorry, let's not get into that. Uh, let's have a shout out to David Irwin, who we chatted to at the beginning. Uh, who also he was a listener. He finished in ten forty eight. Wow. So that's a really fantastic result for Hill. Well done. And he well he he was smart. He stuck with the eleven hour pacer. We didn't go. The eleven hour pacer overtook us at one point. We thought, oh, perhaps we should try and catch him up. He was gone. He just disappeared. So we thought, well, perhaps we should have stayed with him. We might have done a bit better. I don't know. But yeah, David was smart and stayed with him. And David also spotted William at one of the checkpoints. He was like, oh, "You're William," which is always that's always a good sign when someone recognizes your dog. Uh, completely can't almost completely out of context that's always good so i hope he enjoyed that that definitely would have helped um our mantra for the day was easy which it wasn't at all but that was just every so often we would just be like yeah we're doing this yeah we're doing pretty well on this easy uh, j- just to make us feel better you know like the psychology of like if you smile it makes you feel better annoyingly that works we just thought if we keep calling it easy 
perhaps it will be. But the fact, the fact that we only just got in for the cutoff, perhaps we took it a bit too easy. <laughs> there were some massive styles in this as well. There's there's lots of weird styles around there. Like you know, it's quite a tall style, but it has the step that sticks out like at 90 degrees to the style. So you can step on it and then climb over. These ones didn't have those. They were just like flat. So you basically, it's like climbing a wall oh, yeah, or climbing I, a fence. I think I saw a picture, yeah. Some of those were really nasty. And like struggle. five feet tall as well. Yeah, oh God, yeah, yeah. you would have. You, I think you probably could have gone through them. <laughs> like, like the dog, the holes they have for yeah. the dogs, like go through that bit. <laughs> <laughs> Lift up the little dog flat for you until you go through that. Seriously. That's a good plan. Were there any live, livestock in, incidents? Were there oh, cows yeah, I mentioned that. There were a shitload of cows, yeah, oh. at one point. Um, there was a shitload of cows right in front of one of the gates. Um, but they're all like in a, a really like tight group. They had loads of calves with them. They were really, really sweet. And I thought, oh, I wish you could go up and like give the calves a nice little scratch because they're really, really cute. But there was, you know, we would get murdered if we did that mm-hmm. and quite justifiably. Um, yeah, we saw lots of horses and lots of sheep, some very pretty sheep. Um, we saw heron, some alpacas, uh, lots of very good dogs. Mm-hmm. Um, it was it was quite a nice wildlifey kind of run as well. And I'm now delighted to say, this is the only race I've ever done that comes with a title. I am now a Woodwoes. Yay! <laughs> there was a little silence there as he was like, what do I do with that information? <laughs> I have a certificate to say I am a Woodwoes, and it's basically because I've walked the community path around Bristol. Um, I now have a, a title to go with that. Put that on your I don't CV. really know what it is exactly. I looked, we've been added to a list of people that have done it. It's like two and a half thousand people that have done it. I thought it was like some ancient thing, but I guess it's probably, I think it was the first one was like 2007 when they created the path. Mm-hmm. And I guess it's just like, it's fairly new, but I think they're kind of harking back to like, I think Woodwose basically is just like a man of the woods or someone that lives out in the country or something like that. So yeah, I get to be that now. And I got a, a certificate from the gaveler of the order, who, as you might expect, had a big beard. This all sounds just, very occult. This, this. It's, <laughs> hey, it's Bristol. It's Green Man. You know, that's the kind of shit they got going on. There. And I think you met the Green Man, and you nearly got and eaten by him. <laughs> yeah, thirteen minutes where you would have been man. eaten by him. Well, no, he did finish, and other people saw him. Did, so that okay, makes me feel better. Okay. Yeah, that that is definitely a thing because we were definitely warning, and we were just saying like, this guy, just watch out for him. But it actually turned out he was pretty much fine. It seems. I don't think he's probably not having a good day today because yeah, he went hard. Bless him. So I said this is a, a practice ultra for my 24-hour race in November. I don't know how this affects it yet. I need to have a good think about it. I'm not going to, in that way, obviously I'm not going to run as much because it's 24 hours. I mean, this was 12 hours. Mm. And I think my feet and my legs felt mostly okay. It's just my feet. And how am I going to look after my feet for that long? Because mm. even if it's dry, I get sweaty feet and they stay wet that way. So I don't know. Am I gonna just going to walk it the whole thing am i going to do a bit of running bit of walking i really need to have a think about that and plan if anyone else has done 24 hour races probably not something like this where it's just make up your own route but if people have done 24 hour races and have advice especially when you don't think you can do 24 hours that would be very much appreciated Mm. but i've got a massive medal right here it's a very nice medal i I do like it's a nice medal uh yeah green man jim you finisher Oh, it's just in the top here. It says, summertime is always the best of what might be. Oh, that's nice, isn't it? Mm. Again, a little motivational yeah. for our liking. Mm-hmm. And it's got the little kind of Velcro split on the ribbon as well. So that's good if anyone attacks me. Yeah. They won't be able to throttle me. It's <laughs> like having a work lanyard. Yeah. So you can't get attacked. <laughs> if anyone tries to steal my medal, it'll just come away. 
that's that's reassuring. Um, if you do the wind, because I this is the summer green man. They also run it in winter. If I were to do the winter one as well, I would get a buckle. Wow. And I was thinking to myself, oh, that might be good. And Holly said, what would you do with a buckle? And I was like, yeah, that's that's not a bad point actually. I don't think I want to do this again in winter. I mean, if you know. I would recommend this race. I do think it's a really good race. As I think it's pretty runnable if you're kind of comfortable to be able to run that far. Personally, I don't want to do it in winter. I don't I don't see the extra challenge of weather and mud and rain as a good thing. Now, I know yeah. some people do. Some people don't mind that. They kind of take that as an extra challenge uh, it, that they want to go for. No, it's miserable. It's, Over, it's when me. it's so far and so long, that is miserable. Yeah. Like if you're doing like maybe a half marathon or something in those conditions, then maybe but mm. i can't imagine being wet and cold and feet being soaked and slipping around everywhere for 12 hours plus plus it becomes less runnable as well in places yeah. and yeah it sounds horrendous yeah i mean they they get good turnouts at the winter one as well so you know obviously a lot of people are up for it and some people might want to get that buckle but i don't want to do the same course in the other direction in much much worse weather mm. it doesn't appeal to me i'm afraid yeah, congratulations! You've you've gone the furthest of the running is BS team. Oh, you've of course, gone the yes. <laughs> I've done my longest distance, my longest time, and I've beaten you, yes. and that is the most important <laughs> thing. Thank you so much for reminding me. I of might that. run an extra sixteen miles on Saturday just to spike you, like like try and run home or something. <laughs> it's you saying you might not even start, yeah. and now you're saying you're going to run an extra sixteen miles. Spite is on. a powerful motivator. <laughs> that, yeah, to be true, that is the most powerful of motivators, and the one. I have the most respect for pettiness. Yes, yeah. <laughs> That's the best reason to run. Uh, if you want to support us doing more stupid, petty, spiteful things, you can go to patreon.com forward slash running is bullshit. You can donate some money every month. No one knew this month, which is great. Unfortunately, this song is still three minutes long. Sorry about that. Catherine, Fenton, AP, Matt Jones, Anthony Hatt, Jason. Binks, Charlie, Nevison, Martin, Kaplan, Angela, Foster, Swales, Amanda, Murray, Hine, James, Lambert, Trish, Alton, Martin, Josie, Ayatline. Matt Garner, Nick Jones, Elizabeth Chaban, Lisa Gibbon, Ivor, Hewitt, Francis, Howell, Alice, Newstead, Len, Martin, Mickey Genders, Raymond Quinn, Sandra Heitzer, Gordy, Thelwood, Karen, Blake, Kel Ryder, Jenny Tamasep, Cat, Abigail Hartman, Claire, Dina, Mac, Kevin, Nom, Dawson, Tom, Alcock, Merricks, Cherry, Grubbs, Debbie, Holly, Matt, Jezioski, Sophie, Nichols, Brian Simpson, Penny Simpson, Ian, Hales, Lee Wood, Matt Burrows, Karen, Hamilton, Ian, Thompson, Gail Seal, Jewel Running, Matt Newberry, Jay Ruth, KP, Kath Everard, Neil Denton, Paul Hibbert, H, Andy Robbins, Julia Page, D. Robson, Carl Fleming. This is just quite a long guitar solo. Might as well enjoy this bit before I start singing again. Victoria, Dick, Luke, Daniel, Graham, Ackland, 
Derry Clare, Davis, Ryo, Regret, Vicky Robbins, David Irwin, Sherry, Kinnison, Liz Kirk, Shepherd, Tony Howell, Shambolic, Adult, Jonathan Carter, Rich Skirm, Matt H, Jay Halson, Jakes, Victoria, Max, Dawn, Shepherd, Andy Nichols, Greg Christine, Bernadette, McCarthy, Clark Gilmore, Rachel Baltimore, Matt Thies, Adam Atkinson, Gabby, Thomas Nayer, Aaron Short, David, Yellow Mag, Teetle, Stuart Stevens, Rachel Bentley. And then you can hear the backing lyrics again, which is a bit awkward. It's a good song, though. On to your messages. Don't forget to get in touch with your running bullshit on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Just search Running is BS and let us know why you particularly hate running this week. First of all, I'm going to answer a question from Facebook from CJ Evans. And I'm going to answer you that a watch PB is absolute bullshit. Anyone who claims a PB from their watch or Strava can get in the sea. Mm-hmm. Do people still say that? I'm not sure. You need to do that in a race that's been measured or even maybe, maybe on a course that's been measured with your watch. So like a park run course that you know has been measured, do it on the watch, on the start and the finish line, maybe, but that's still not in race conditions and it's still a different thing. Mm-hmm. Do not go around, claim and watch PBs. Thank you very much. Yeah. Yeah. I, 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 just, I'm just so out of that world of running fast and just does not PBs. give a shit. <laughs> I, but I, I don't give a shit, but also in a way that's like, why are you bothering claiming a watch PB? Like, why does that? Because, like you say, surely PBs are just about races. Surely, like, why yeah, are people saying so. I ran a watch? Like, why are people talking about PBs when it comes to their watches? I don't get yeah, it. A lot of people say, "Oh yeah, I got, got my you know, my PB," and they just like will show their Strava. I'm like, well, you just went for a run around the park. That's yeah, not a PB. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's not because you know what you were going a race. You'd go quicker than that. You're under, yeah. if anything, you're undervaluing yeah. yourself. But also, GPS is bullshit. You cannot trust it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So that's that's just what I have to say about that. I think that's very important. <laughs> uh, we've got a message here, an email from Dan from Wisconsin. Hello, I believe that's the Badger State. So good for you, and they and they have cheese there as well. He says, for my first half marathon, I received the race day details via email, hidden in the attachment PDF. Packet pickup locations, which are car dealerships, were listed for the days prior to the race. Underneath in a red box was the statement, those who did not pay for day of packet pickup will not be able to. Morning of the race, I realised I'd forgotten to drive to the city I didn't live in and visit one of these stupid car dealerships. Fortunately, they didn't just throw my bib in the trash. Instead, they will send me a bill for $20 for not visiting one of these goddamn car dealerships. Do the organisers think that runners will buy cars as they pick up their bibs? So much so that we should be forced to look at new Lexuses? Day of packet pickup fees are bullshit. Uh, next day, we got a follow-up to say, I just got the bill. It's $25, not $20. What the fuck is up with American I, races? I was just about to say, this is like peak capitalism. Why am I not surprised this story goes like, from America? American race organizers hate you. That's crazy. Like already, I imagine, I've heard so many of like half marathons, marathons costing like $120. Yeah already and then they're charging you to pick up your number on the day that's that's mad. insane that's mad absolutely mad and especially like the kind of world i'm in now i mean not for the race i've just talked about for ages but like a lot of the races i do now are like less than 10 pounds and you turn up on the night and a guy writes your name on a clipboard like races do not need to be that complicated yeah. and just 
to go to a car dealership to pick up your bib or they charge you extra. That is mad. Could they even, like... Can they get away with that shit? Like, in the UK, could they get away with that shit? Like, charging you not to pick up your... If in the terms and... Again, like we've said before, if it's in the terms and conditions when you sign up, then yeah, That's they can. Mad. But people don't read them. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Oh. Uh, Claire Michelle Homer said, As a complete novice, I'm very chuffed I found the podcast in my first week and really think it's the worst decision of my life. And running is bullshit and for psychos. <laughs> We're not sure if the podcast or the running is the worst decision of our life, but either way, probably correct. Probably both, yep. Good for you. You've uh, started on the right foot. Yeah. <laughs> and Garnish says, Hello, Stuart and Amy. What's BS today? Being given coke at an aid station. Yes. Necking it and then discovering too late it isn't flat. Mm. That repeated on me for the rest of the horribly hot and humid run. Just no. Absolute BS. This humidity is also BS and can sod off back to the tropics where it belongs from a very grumpy Anne. Yeah, at least I could. I spotted first this Coke was going to be fizzy. I didn't just neck a whole cup of it. That's a bad time. Yeah. But even so, it just yeah repeated on me for ages. Mm-hmm. Not good. This is from Anonymous. Very mysterious. Ooh. The reason they've chosen to be anonymous, we shall see. Listening to your most recent episode, I am shocked that neither of you have done a wild poo. That's why it's anonymous. Sorry. Am I alone in having done more than I dare to admit? <laughs> okay. How many are you doing? How, ma- how many is okay to admit? <laughs> I think all of them are okay to admit. Oh, I feel like if it's above like three, then suddenly it's like... I, I suppose after that, do you, do you keep caring? Probably yeah, not. <laughs> yeah. I am now wondering if I have particularly bad bowels. I mean, you're, you, you've done more than you care to admit, and you're anonymously sending this message. Probably. Probably. <laughs> or rubbish running routes, or weak sphincters. <laughs> God, don't get me wrong. I'm not proud of it, but it's sometimes a necessity, as having experienced the alternative, never again. Oh, oh my God. They go on. It has come back to bite me, though, because once I was out for a run, needed a wee, and went off piste. <laughs> that was tickled you, wasn't it? Do, you, do they mean... Okay, sorry. Do they... <laughs> do they mean they thought they needed... <laughs> you you, you okay there? They thought they needed a wee, but it turned out to be more... <laughs> Is that what they mean? <laughs> went off no, piece, no, went off piece as in off like the course, as in like went somewhere that you oh, um, would not normally piece, go for. Like a they week. were going to go for a wee, they went off piece and they decided to have shit as well. <laughs> like they just like freestyled it and thought, you know what, while I'm here, I'm going to have a shit as well. <laughs> like, sorry. I mean, that happens sometimes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was thinking that. I was thinking maybe you've gone for a wee and then you thought, oh dear, something else is coming to Nope, off piece. <laughs> I've got a bit off piece. I've just ad lived a bit. <laughs> Uh, went off piece that's getting in on the act I think (laughs) only to realise once I had finished that someone previously had also found this a good spot and had to finish off my run with human feces on my shoe don't ask me how I know it was human I am just 99% sure (laughs) yeah sometimes you just know sometimes you do just know P.S. Please don't attach my name to this as I don't know if any future employers might be listening. <laughs> yeah, you're going to get a reputation quick. Yep, 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 yep. Again, thing that normal people at work don't understand. They don't. You, you can't. You can't have that conversation. You can't. You're with friends here. Yeah. We all understand, yeah. sort of. You can't talk about 
when you went off, a, off for an off-piste wee and ended up with human shit on your shoe, you know? No. So you'd like, to be fair, there's a decent amount of people listening who are like, who the fuck are you? Jesus Christ, I hope you're not running with me. <laughs> the mystery shitter. The mystery shitter. Right, we've got a long email here. It says, hello! Three exclamation marks. It's too many. I have two actual valid contributions to your wonderful show. I'm being complimentary, so you definitely read my email. Firstly, in response to your hedgehog tale, how is he, by the way? Haven't seen an update, waiting for the race. Uh, I feel compelled to share my tale of hedgehog rescue whilst out running in the wilds of Wyndham. The poor little chap was stuck trying to cross the road. I clearly couldn't ignore his plight and obviously had to rescue him. I also rarely run carrying cardboard boxes full of straw and gauntlets, therefore I had to make decision, quickly, before he got injured. I gallantly leapt into the middle of the road, stopping the traffic and removing my vest to wrap him in. To be honest, the traffic may have stopped because I looked insane, stripping to my underwear in the middle of the road. Then again, it is Norfolk, so... Anyway, I put him in a hedge and went back with straw, box and gloves to find it buggered off with nary a backward glance. Plain rude, if you ask me. And I've got to say, uh, the Hedgehog Rescue place I followed recently, they do say a lot, if it's out in the day, not okay. Yep. That's how you know. So it's good that you went back to, to, to look, but hopefully, hopefully they were fine. Mm-hmm. Secondly, they went on, I mentioned in a previous email that you read out, and I was so excited. I don't have much of a life, as you can tell. Yeah. I ran an ultra sun up to sundown challenge this weekend on a trail 10k route. Obviously the weather gods were duly alerted to the possibility of ensuring maximum floody, slippy, muddy shit occurred and they delivered with a supreme thunderstorm a few hours before we began. I went intending to nail five laps but with secret hopes of six laps. Each lap was about 6.6 miles. It started at daybreak and we were moving by 5.55am, already 18 degrees. Predictably, lap one was joyous, fresh legs, misplaced confidence, etc, etc. I even thought that maybe trails were my surface after all. Spoiler, they definitely aren't. I stuck to my run-walk ratio and got back round to base camp with sodden feet, but feeling strong, albeit behind literally everyone else. Lap two, uneventful. The slippy mud around the lakes, okay puddles, but calf deep, was slippier and the novelty was wearing off. Still kept to all of my plan and set off on lap three after some honey sandwiches. Apparently, what she are you? Are you Winnie the Pooh <laughs> running around? Who's eating honey? What adults are eating honey sandwiches? <laughs> that, that is a bit strange, isn't it? Yeah. That's not just me. Those puddles were like going right up to your red T-shirt that you were wearing, and <laughs> nothing on your bottom half. <laughs> well, I did say in the middle of the road in in their underwear, so. <laughs> just Winnie the Pooh in it, just with the top on. Lap three was the one with the mouldy soft flask. Rookie error, but let's just say you shouldn't really find black and grey lumps in your electrolytes. <laughs> mouldy bottles are bullshit. That, that literally just made oh. me gag a bit. <laughs> Lap four for the oh full dear. marathon distance. <laughs> oh dear. I think you mean. Uh, oh, oh, oh God. Why does Winnie the Pooh have like a weird mid-Atlantic accent? Oh, I just realised. <laughs> I can't. I was like, <laughs> Winnie the Pooh with a soft flask. <laughs> like, oh, bother. <laughs> You're on one today. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. 
Lap 4 for the full marathon distance. I'm starting to hurt now. Trails are bullshit. Tree roots are bullshit. Plowed fields, bullshit. Plowed fields and hallflies feasting on me. Extreme bullshit. Even the nice bit of road that opened out between the trail bits was bullshit. Amy's still laughing, by the way. <laughs> She's trying to hold it together, but she can't. Just imagine me the poo, like, walking over, like, the plow lines in the field. With his little legs, like, all bothering. He's got honey in his soft mask, I assume. The thing is, if it was honey, it wouldn't go off, so we wouldn't have that problem. He would just, like, like climb a tree and get a hive down and stick his paw, his paw Yeah. In. Okay. <laughs> Carry on. Obviously, I'm not stopping for at least the marathon is done. I'm not a monster. Lap five. The one where literally everything I shouldn't do, I did. Lost my mojo, abandoned any semblance of walk-on ratio and made stuff up. Couldn't get enough fluids in, started to find things were not at all okay in the gastric department. Tried eating and drinking more, which made everything worse. During this lap, I was going to pass the mark of the furthest I had ever run. We're ignoring the walk bits now. It's an ultra. Yeah, it's, it's, it doesn't matter. Walking yep, doesn't matter. No. It's fine. All plans for lap six were abandoned halfway round lap five. Yes. Once I knew I would beat my previous best, I was done. My knees hurt from the uneven surface. I couldn't work out if I was over or underhydrated. Neither of these things being a long-term plan. I began to get confused and a bit stumbly. Given I work two jobs, one of which is a group exercise instructor... Amy's still laughing when you <laughs> A broken ankle from a tree root would be the ultimate in absolute bullshit. What is your other job, like leading a, a, a ragtag group of animals in the forest? <laughs> <laughs> what is the other job? <laughs> it's just living in a tree and having adventures. <laughs> I'm going to try and get through this. So I walked the entire last three miles and every single one of them was at least eight miles long. At the finish line, whilst I sobbed all over an absolute stranger until she made me eat some cake, probably to shut me up, I would have not said this is a good race to do. It's obviously a summer race with a high risk of heat and the hopelessly early start means you are sleep deprived. If you're fast, the ultra is over by lunch of course, but I am not fast. Now, however, a few days after, I think it was fabulous. My errors were in overestimating my ability to run very far and no sleep, and my stubbornness to not just quit at the marathon distance. In the end, I was moving forward for nine and a half hours and covered 33 and a half miles with 2,000 feet of elevation. In Norfolk? I ran further than 70 other people and less far than nine others. It's that little humble brag for finishing 10th there, I think, isn't it? Someone managed 10 laps. How? If you like the... If you like trails and the idea of running from daybreak until you either drop or the sun does, I'd recommend it. It's hosted by Zigzag Events, who are amazing, and the small field makes it feel more social than some of the bigger events. Never sure how to sign these things off, so bye from cats. We're 116 episodes in. We don't have to sign things off either. Don't worry about it. <laughs> I mean, fair that's play. a lot going on. There's a lot. There's a lot going on there. I mean, that's fair play. To be honest, if when I do those sorts of events, I'm like, once I hit the ultra, once I hit like. 30 miles, I'm done. It's done. That's plenty, isn't it? It's plenty. An ultra's plenty. It's very good. Can you think of the Winnie the Pooh theme tune to sing the the theme tune here? (laughs) Oh, it was very good for an old bear. Oh, God. (laughs) Right. Bullshit running news. (laughs) 
So, okay, a woman has been flown to hospital after being attacked by four dingoes. Oh, we're not gonna. Okay, I've got to get it out of the way. Dingo ain't my baby. Just, just get it out of the way. Just guess. Get it out of the way. We've done it now. <clears throat> so she was attacked by four dingoes while jogging along the beach of Kigari. I don't know whether I pronounced that right. Possibly, uh, which is on Fraser Island, which I've actually been there, Fraser Island, and it's no joke. Like, think centre parks, but in Australia. So it, with wild dingoes. With wild everything. They were, when we stayed oh, yeah. there, you know, Australia. like it's it's like being in centre. Been to Australia. Yeah, been, yeah I've been to Australia. I've been to Australia. <laughs> I don't know what that was. So I, that's why I picked the accent up. That, that's really bad. That wasn't that's even close. That's why you're not allowed back. That wasn't even close. Um, oh, yeah. Not like your usual. No. no. <laughs> I have to get into it. I have to say Pavlova first. I'll say a bit Stop of Pavlova. Just, just read. Ningo just read aloud. Um, <laughs> but yeah, Fraser Island is no joke. Like It is like centre park. So you're sort of where I stayed at least. I don't think it's a very big island. So I don't know whether there's anywhere else to stay. But it, it's like cabins in a forest bush type situation with just spiders and snakes and wildlife and yeah dingoes like i saw dingoes when i was over there everywhere so it's like going to center parks on hardcore mode so yeah no joke Mm. a spokesperson from the queensland ambulance service matthew steer said the 23 year old woman ran into the water and two dingoes followed her in at about 9 a.m on monday um, he said a rescue helicopter had flown to Orchid Beach on the northeast side of the island to pick her up before she was flown to Hervey Bay Hospital to be treated for bite wounds to her limbs and torso, which is Ugh. crazy. But this is like the craziest bit. Um, so Darren Blake from the Batula, against apologies if I'm mispronouncing that, Batula Aboriginal Corporation, said he wasn't surprised the dingoes chased the woman into the water. He said that's part of their hunting tactics. That's what they do to wallabies. They chase them into the surf. That's mad. I suppose, yeah, you chase them into the water. There's only far so far they can go, and dingoes can probably swim better than wallabies. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. They can't escape. Oh, that's scary shit, man. Yeah, God. I saw some videos as well in the article of um, people sort of sunbathing on this beach and the dingoes just coming and biting them. Like, they're wild dogs. Why would you, why would you, what, just chill around them? I think. Why, why, yeah, why are you holidaying on beaches where there are literally wild dogs that will attack you? Yeah, 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 yeah. You can't blame them for that. No. You know, they were there first. It's their fucking island. But you're just going on holiday there. Yeah. Yeah, it's crazy. Again, though, like, I suppose to people not from... I don't know whether these people were in Australia that were being bitten, but I wouldn't sit on an Australian beach anyway. There's too much shit that can kill you out there. Don't stand still in Australia, basically. you got yeah. you got to keep it moving. Keep it moving and you're going to get stung, bitten, whatever, you know? Fucking magpie will poke your eye out. Yeah, exactly. you got to keep it moving in Australia. Yeesh. Um, well done for those of you who've stayed here just for the boob news. Uh, we've got a new study in the Journal of Plastic Reconstructive and Aesthetic Surgery. And that's found that women with larger breasts tend not to participate in high-intensity exercise and exercise less frequently. It investigated how breast size impacts exercise habits and how breast reduction surgery changes women's participation in recreational exercise. Now, that does kind of sound obvious. It yeah. sounds like a thing that just kind of makes sense. Mm. But this is probably the first time that someone's done actual research into it, which means even if something's obvious, to get funding to do stuff, you need research. You need proper data to back it up. And also, and yeah, yeah. What? And also like when something's obvious, when women are telling you, sometimes it's like, yeah, that, that doesn't matter. You've just got to deal yeah. with it. So I think the important thing is we've got it in black and white now, like a proper yeah. study, that this is actually negatively impacting women. You know? <laughs> yeah. 
and they surveyed and also yeah that's that's the point like yeah women with larger breasts exercise less and that's a bad thing mm-hmm. because they should be able to exercise more so they surveyed just under 2000 women who regularly took part in Richmond Park Run so it's a big study as well mm-hmm. and they concluded with the recommendation that health practitioners and policymakers should advocate for better access to reduction mammoplasty in the publicly funded health sectors. That means mm. of, I think there was around 50, 60 women in this study who had had breast re- uh, reductions and the way they exercised increased significantly. Mm-hmm. So I think they were saying that in kind of perhaps, or not even just extreme circumstances, but in a lot more circumstances, it should be more readily available to be able to have that surgery because the risks and the cost of that surgery is outweighed by how much healthier these women can become by doing more regular exercise afterwards. Yeah, definitely. And I, I think there's this sort of like sexism that exists that if women say things like, well, I'd like to have m- my breasts reduced or even like even like totally taken off, you know, because mm. that's how I feel and I want to be able to exercise and it's having a negative impact on my life. There's this idea that like, oh, but you can't get rid of your, your breasts. Like you can't reduce them. That's what makes you a woman. And, and it's just like... For some women, that's true, like, of course. But for other women, like, it's absolute bullshit. If a woman's saying to you, actually, I want this doing, within reason, surely, if it's safe to do so, it should be done. Surely the main concern should be the safety of it, rather than Mm. trying to say, well, this is part of your womanhood. It's the same with fucking hysterectomies as well. Like, there are a lot of women out there who have horrendous periods, horrendous time with their periods. They don't want kids, and they're pretty sure about that. And they go and say, look, I really need a hysterectomy because it's affecting my quality of life, affecting my ability to exercise, blah, blah, blah. It's like, well, well, no, because what if you want kids? What if you're going to have kids? And it's it's so difficult. It's this constant fight to say, mm. no, no, this is this is what I want to do with my body. This is this this is this this thing, whether it be having large boobs, whether it's having a, a, a womb or whatever. Like if you say oh, this is this is negatively impacting my life, like on a regular basis, this is having a really negative impact on my life and actually making me less healthy because I can't go out and exercise, blah, blah, blah. There's this thing like, yeah, but yeah, but what about having kids? Yeah, yeah, but what about your boobs as, as, as a woman? And it's just like bullshit. Just listen to what women are saying. Anyway. Yeah, I, that was the really good thing about this because because obviously there's that part and those you know perhaps the non-gender parts of it is just the fact that having major surgery is a big deal and I think surgery is always seen as like the last resort like if you need to save someone's life the last thing you can do you chop a piece off or out of them but it's actually saying that having this surgery is a is better long term mm-hmm. um, because they can be healthier and you know, as we all know generally the healthier you are the fitter you are the actually the less burden you are on health um services later in life so it actually will save money in the long term if you look at it from a purely money point of view exactly and i imagine actually um breast reduction surgery or whatever i imagine that's very low risk compared to other surgeries you could have obviously Mm. there's always a risk with surgery always but it's not open heart surgery do you know what i mean like the benefits will way outweigh <laughs> the risks i imagine i'm not a surgeon but yeah. i imagine that would be the case i imagine this is quite a low risk yeah so when this was sent over to us i was like oh that's kind of interesting but i kind of did like read it all the way through it and it is actually really interesting there's lots of lots of good uh, there's lots of good data and i like a good, good graph in there and again it's a lot of stuff you might expect but it's Again, it's good to have it written down and to have it properly studied with 2,000 women as well, which is say, that's a really good sample. It's a good sample, and it's from a, a sample with a sport that is a high-impact sport for, mm-hmm. 
feel women you know like the amount of times we talk about sports bras on this podcast because know. you know like it, it's a, it's an issue like it's a big, it's a, big it, it's a big issue and maybe the answer for some women if they want that is not actually a better sports bra but rather maybe they need something like this if, if they wanted that you know maybe that would be yeah. give them what they needed you know so yeah 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 really interesting on that if you want to read that that'll be on our website just check the show page and have a look through that data because that's a good one Stuart, what have you got coming up next? Fuck all, I hope. I, I need a good bit of time off for this. Although I did realise during the uh, Ultra, I have a 5k relay race in two weeks. Uh, you, you like remembered that is, as you were running. The yeah, that's not, not ideal, is it? No. So I might just like text the guys organising the teams and be like, is there any, is there any backups for the team? Because we might need them. Yeah. Oh, so yeah. Hopefully, hopefully nothing. Anything for you? Oh yeah, there is. Ugh, it's the rhythm on Saturday. Just that. Ugh, you know what? I I need to start it because I've DNS this twice. The rhythm before this this rhythm entry mm-hmm. is an entry that I've had for two years that I didn't do it. Nice. I'm, the first year was because the um the Vogum got moved and it was too close to the rhythm. But I can't remember why the second year I didn't do it. I just better DNS'd. Um, just lazy. Yeah, probably. Probably so. So I, I've got to at least start. And the thing is, because it's the only, only in quotation marks, um, a 30 miler, I feel like it's immense pressure to finish. And as well, the elevation isn't hmm. too crazy compared to like the other races I've done. I mean, yeah, you did the Howam, and I, th- I think this one's pretty similar yeah. in terms of that. It's just the terrain is a little harder. Yeah, yeah. And the thing is, I know I can walk a 30 miler, like easy peasy piece of this, but um, it's just like, I don't want to. I don't want to. I don't want to be out there all day. I don't want to be. If if I'd done the Edom, of course, I'd be like, yeah, this is the grand finale. This is the end of the slam. Um, and I'm really hoping I don't get given one of the. The, the slam award things i saw a little graphic pegasus had done it was like congratulations to all our slammers and da, 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 and i was in there in this little graphic I'll, my I'll name message, I'll message my name was in that, there but i guess like you say like everyone who started because no, we don't know that everyone's going to finish the rhythm i'm sure they will but like yeah. you know so i get that's like sort of a you started it but i really hope that they don't because they're such lovely people i hope that they don't give me like a pity slam trophy because i don't want it i don't want it if i've not done it you know a big trophy says you failed the pegasus you know what, I'd, I'd rather have that i, I don't i wouldn't funny, mind that i wouldn't mind that that would be great i'd love that but um yeah i'm, I'm assuming they'll get the slam sort of trophies made up over the next few weeks so i'm assuming i won't get one which i really hope i don't because i feel so fucking awkward if i do, if i do um so yeah but it's the final i've never done the rhythm before either like i said i haven't used my entry twice so it's a new race we did a lot of it though when we did that 17 miler so i feel like i know yeah we've done a bit we've done a lot of it it's a nice one you'll enjoy it we did 17 miles worth of it so yeah i feel like that's okay but yeah 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 so i need to start i need to get there on saturday morning at least to prove the people wrong that said i would dns some of my races because that means i've started all of them so yeah, and that is that. That yeah. is the slam for me. The slam is the challenge is actually turning up to all the races. You've, you've yeah, you've you've changed it after the fact now to yeah. make it suit the uh, the new facts. Yeah, yeah, the new facts. Good for you. Yeah, so yeah, that's it. Cool. Well, if you've enjoyed this bullshit, you can visit runningisbs.com. You can see the show notes, the links in this episode, the whole back catalogue, as well as links to our Patreon and merch store and social medias. Thanks, everyone. Bye-bye. Don't have to end these. So bye. Bye-bye. I'm only happy when I'm like really suffering in life.